Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. A very important concept in the Bible is that of redemption. Through redemption, there is reconciliation. Through the redemption of Messiah, there is eternal reconciliation to God. It's only through redemption that one can become part of the eternal kingdom of God. And we see that before the outcome of this redemption takes place, I'm speaking about the fulfillment of God's promises that ultimately will be experienced in His kingdom. Before that kingdom establishment, there must be judgment. And that's what we saw last week in the first part of Isaiah 63. God moving through Messiah to bring about His judgment. As God judges the enemies of Israel, the outcome of that is going to be the salvation of the remnant of his people. Take out your Bible and let's continue where we left off last week in the book of Isaiah and chapter 63. Now, we've learned that there are three specific places that Messiah, when he returns, and we're talking about at the end of Daniel's 70th week, at the end of what's known as those final seven years we are going to see that Messiah will visit three places, one of which is Armageddon, the mountain of Megiddo. And there he will save that remnant from Israel by placing judgment upon those who have gone up to make war for the purpose of capturing Jerusalem. So one place is Armageddon. We also saw that there is a mountain, the mountain of Edom, known as Sair. It is also going to be a place that Messiah visits to pour out the wrath of God upon Edom. And as we know, Edom will be a nation that all the nations will join together with. They will unite around for the purpose of making war with Israel. And ultimately, victoriously, after defeating Edom and the armies that were with him, we see that Messiah ultimately will come to the Mount of Olives for the purpose of arriving there and triumphantly going down that mountain, across the Kidron Valley, through the Eastern Gate for this victorious, triumphant entrance into the Holy of Holies, where Messiah will rule from this place for a thousand years. And we're speaking, of course, of the millennial kingdom. We want to have a right mindset for these events. So with that said, look with me to Isaiah 63 and beginning with verse 7. What is the foundation of God bringing this about? Look at verse 7 where it says, Chasdei Hashem. 
the grace and it's in the plural the grace the abundant grace of the lord now some bibles will translate this the loving kindness and it's simply what is given this kindness this grace of god in order that the love of god can be experienced by an individual in other words without redemption of course there's an inherent relationship between redemption and grace it is through the grace of god that one finds redemption so it's not surprising here when we're dealing with the outcome of redemption that grace is mentioned the grace this abundant grace of the lord isaiah says i will make mention of that he will cause to be remembered and the outcome of god moving in order to keep his covenantal obligations to his people when this takes place notice the outcome it says tihilot hashem the praises and once again in the plural the praises of the lord so we remember the grace of god not simply what god did graciously to us but the outcome of that grace the establishment of the kingdom and that because of these things there's going to be abundant praise to the lord according to all which the lord has bestowed upon us so god is a gracious god through that grace he he redeems he makes that payment but that payment of redemption is so that there will be even a more pleasing outcome and that is the blessings and the promises of god being bestowed upon us verse verse seven second half and the abundant goodness to the house of israel which he has has bestowed upon them according to his mercies once again in the plural and according to the abundant of his grace so grace and mercy redemption all of these things are being spoken of as what god is going to do has done through messiah but will do in bringing the outcome the results of redemption and this is good news for us for the house of israel and of course when i say the house of israel i'm speaking about all of god's kingdom people both jew and gentile verse verse 8 and he said surely my people are they sons that will not lie now he expects his people those who have entered into that covenant those who have experienced redemption to be about truth so he expects that they should not lie will not lie and we see here because of this it says and he will become for them for a savior so god is going to move in his integrity based upon his truth apart from anything that's false in order to bring about as he says here salvation that he would become savior verse 9 in all of their affliction this is a word for trouble and all the troublesome things that they have experienced to him was trouble so messiah he bore 
what we were experiencing and not only did he bear what we have but he bore the punishment that should have been ours and then it says that he is in this next word malak now malak can be an angel or also a messenger in both hebrew and greek this term whether it's malak or angelos as it is in greek it's a word that speaks of one being sent on assignment a messenger or an angel now obviously if we're speaking about angels from the standard english word an angel these were created but messiah was never created he is eternal but that same word can be used but it's better understood as messenger rather than angel but here it simply says the messenger of his presence save them he's the messenger of the very presence of god this speaks to his identity and then it speaks about in his love in the love of god and in the the compassion and again his compassion his his mercy his pity he redeemed them and he raised them up and he carried them all the days of old so israel's existence being brought through these many generations until the last days all of this was because god was at work he had lifted them up and carried them in order that there might be a remnant that makes it to the end and this remnant who makes it to the end as we know they will look upon messiah they will recognize him as one who came and was rejected They'll see the wounds, this, these marks that he was pierced through, and they will recognize him as Yeshua HaMashiach, as Jesus Christ, as one whom they rejected. But now they will not reject him. They will receive him. Verse 10, now it goes back to the previous condition. When they did, in fact, reject God, the word of God, the commandments of God and the prophecies of God where it says here look at verse 10 but and a very important word it's the word ve which means and but in certain circumstances because in biblical Hebrew we don't have the word aval which means but so many times in the Hebrew Bible that word ve should be understood as with the word but instead of and but they they rebelled and furthermore they grieved the the holy spirit what it literally says his holy spirit a good example of the holy spirit being spoken of in the old testament so they rebelled they grieved and this is the word atsuv which means made sad we would translate grieve as we see in the new testament do not grieve the holy spirit they rebelled and they grieved his holy spirit and because of this rebelliousness notice what it says and he was overturned to them for an enemy and he fought against them so when we are rebellious god who loves us god who desires to save us god who is the redeemer in rebelliousness 
when we grieve the holy spirit god will become to us as it says here for an enemy and he will fight against them verse 11. now this this setting himself against removing himself from them is always and we need to hear this biblically it's always temporary it is not an eternal condition to that remnant there is going to be and we ought to expect a remnant of his people i'm talking about those who are from the house of yaakov jacob we can expect that there be a remnant that that is reconciled that will experience redemption will will become his faithful people and this is what we're going to see here in a moment look at the text verse verse 11 and he remembered the days of old so history moses his people and speaking about the people that moses led this people in the wilderness now moses is going to be mentioned a few times why because moses is seen as a typology for the redeemer we all know the scripture in the book of deuteronomy where it says from your brethren i'm going to raise up unto you one like moses what like moses a redeemer and therefore when moses is mentioned the context is always that of redemption again verse 11 and he will he has remembered the days of old moses his people where is the one who brought them up from the sea with the the shepherd of his flock now here it's talking about moses doing it but there was also the shepherd of the flock his flock where is the one that placed in their midst his holy spirit here again holy spirit whenever he's mentioned we should think about redemption there is that verse of scripture that we studied several weeks ago from isaiah chapter 59 and verse 20 and 21 where it speaks about a redeemer coming there's going to be a covenant and one of the aspects of this covenant is that the spirit will be placed upon those who make that covenant and not just them but upon their children's children and so forth speaks about the spirit as the sign of redemption so it's not surprising here where it says in verse 11 where is the one who placed in his midst the spirit his holy spirit now his midst is the midst of the people verse 12 and leads them by the right hand of moses this this arm of his splendor now arm is also a sacrificial word a word related to passover this word zeroah and it simply speaks of moses work which was done on passover and that should cause us to anticipate that the the one that will be raised up like moses from the jewish people and of course a messianic prophecy everyone agrees he's also the one called prophetically the arm of the lord 
And we've talked about many times how that arm can mean a descendant, an offspring, that there is sacrificial uh, uh, relevance in that word Zeroah. All of this is a hint as, as to speaking of Messiah. So the one who, who his right hand Moses was, was a leader. This, this arm, this arm of his splendor, the one who, who breaks the water from before them, meaning causes the water to split before them, to make for him an eternal name. Now, I would, would suggest that it's the work of Moses that is making for God this eternal name. But what's important is that this word eternal is a kingdom name. It's simply to emphasize that what we see in the activity of Moses, his faithfulness, is the same principles that we'll see in order that the kingdom of God becomes a reality, that it is established. People had to to submit to Moses' instruction in order to position themselves to come out of Egypt. And we need to submit to messiah's instruction i'm speaking about that gospel message in order to come out from our sin and be known as a new people a kingdom people verse verse 13 he leads them in the deeps and this is deep waters it's in the plural in the deep as a horse in the wilderness does not stumble or fail so under the leadership of the holy spirit how god led them they did not stumble it was nothing to do with god's leadership that brought about any failure upon the people we're going to see what that is in a moment but look if you would to verse 14. as an animal that is is brought down to the the valley or simply goes down as an animal goes down to the valley the spirit of the lord gave gave him rest meaning to the people he gave to them rest thus you shall lead your people to do for you or to make for you a name of splendor and what it speaks about is simply this the people are going to get right with the lord they're going to be brought to faith and we know i've shared many times one of the primary reasons for this is this trouble this hardship god is going to use that in order to bring about faith in the people to cause them to trust in him and turn away from every other thing because they're going to realize that it's their disobedience their idolatry their faithlessness that is empowering the enemy so that remnant is going to turn in faith based upon the truth of the promises of god found prophetically and they are going to call upon him and they are going to experience salvation this is what this verse is speaking of about a change that is going to come that should be expected by all people verse 15 he he looked down from heaven and he saw saw his literally your your uh holy habitation now this word for a holy habitation 
is a place that's that's exalted or raised up and the key thought here is a place that is safe we could say it another way a place that is out of reach and that's what god is doing here look again at verse verse 15. he looked down from heaven and he saw he saw your holy habitation and your splendor now what it's speaking about here is this that that this one messiah he saw what god intended for the people that they are going to be delivered they are going to be saved and that they ultimately are going to dwell in this holy habitation verse verse 15 again second part where he says where is your zeal and your power and the and this word hamon doesn't mean hamon as in a great number but from the word of noise and most bibles will translate it the yearning of your your stomach and it's simply speaking about how and it's poetic language how when when we are are nervous about something we feel that in the stomach now god's never nervous but the image here is of, is of excitement of desiring something so look again at the text where it says the yearnings of your summit and your mercy unto me they were restrained god for a purpose and for a season his his mercy and notice carefully what it says here your mercy was was restrained for a season for a moment and this is to bring about a change a change in the people why well look at verse 16 for you are father for you speaking about god is our father and then he speaks about abraham now many times we think of abraham by the term avraham avinu abraham our father but but abraham although he's a patriarch when we speak about the father of the kingdom people it's god god who ultimately provides and why abraham is being mentioned here is that abraham he's known for faith and these are the people that came from him this this nation and what it's saying here based upon them how they're going to be prior to their redemption that final redemption because redemption comes by faith they are not not walking in faith at this time therefore it says for you are our father for abraham did not know us and israel did not recognize us meaning this abraham and jacob when they look at the people of god in the last days they see faithlessness they see rebelliousness now again a very important chapter in the bible is ezekiel chapter 37 and when you look at that second half of the chapter you see something you see that god is bringing the people back to the land because of who he is and he is going to move to bring purity and holiness to the people why because even in the last days they're going to be in a idolatrous state far removed from truth far removed from the will of god 
so god is going to move to bring about a change but before that change it's saying here that that avraham and jacob they would not recognize would not know these for you O lord are our father because god is father that is provider he is also going to be redeemer he's going to provide redemption so you O lord are our father our redeemer forever is your name why is that there name is synonymous with character and god's character doesn't change and he is going to work in light of who he is in order to bring about this this redemptive change which is a kingdom change for the people now let's look at verse 17. verse 17 speaks about god doing something and that is god and let's just read it because many people they read this verse and it's one of the favorite ones for reformed theology what does it say why have you led us astray O lord from your ways you have hardened our hearts from fearing you now the question is god does that yes he does but not in a vacuum meaning this god did not say to to israel for my will to be fulfilled i have got to lead you astray for a season i have got to harden your hearts and god just did that that is not what the scripture reveals what it says is this the children of israel and you have to always pay attention to to context we've just told been told that the people are unrecognizable to abraham and to jacob abraham the patriarchs those who are interested in the promises of god and they demonstrated that interest by faithfulness when they look at their heritage the people that came from them they wouldn't recognize them why because they're not living according to faith what are they doing we've already been told go back up to an earlier verse where it says here and i'm quoting from verse 10 they rebelled and they grieved his holy spirit how do you rebel in rejection of the truth and when we behave faithlessly when we reject the truth when we live according to the principles of this world what's going to happen well when that takes place god is going to lead us the outcome of that is being deceived and therefore this is this spiritual law that god has set up when i reject truth i am inviting deception in my life this is what verse 17 is speaking of why did you lead us astray O lord from your ways very simple because they acted faithlessly and when we are in faithlessness our hearts are going to be hardened we're not going to have the perspective of fearing the lord and therefore it says at the end of verse 17 return on account of your servants the tribes of your inheritance meaning this god you've got to change these people aren't going to bring be be changed in and of themselves you've got to do the work you've got to to change now what did god do his change was this instead of the spiritual law 
that that when you rebel you're going to experience deception and that deception you won't recognize it when we know the truth of god and we say no that rejection of truth hardens our heart i've shared this many times what god's going to do to a people that are faithless who's rejecting the truth he is going to return unto them and he through this difficult circumstances this persecution the enemy coming he is going to bring about a change in them verse verse 18 we have the phrase la mitzar for a little while for a short time what happens your holy people they inherited they were for a short time recipients of the inheritance of that land but what happened well notice our enemies they trampled your your sanctuary so israel had that temple for a short period of time in their history but in the end the enemy came and trampled down those holy places jerusalem the temple etc and what was the people we'll look at verse 19 and we were never that's what it says we were as though never that you had ruled over us when we look at the history and the state of the people it's as though never god ruled over them they were never the people of god that's what it's saying here nor were they called your name called upon them they did not reflect any significant time that the name of god the character of god was was in them called upon them that's what they were called to be and what is the plea well notice what the solution is going to be we've already alluded to it there is going to be trouble and hardship and affliction for israel in the last days and they're looking at this and saying god why are you leading us into this this type of experience why are you allowing us to suffer going through this time of trouble or tribulation that that jeremiah speaks of in jeremiah 30 in verse 7. he does that in order to bring about a change that in their troubling that they will will see things differently and they will repent and they will turn to god and that's why it says notice how this chapter ends lu which is a hebrew word which means if only this is what we want this is the desire this is the situation we prefer that we rather experience and what is that instead of this this punishment instead of this trouble instead of being unrecognizable to abraham and to jacob if only this is the implication if only the heavens that you would tear the heaven meaning open up the heavens and that you were to come down from before you meaning that would come down from before you it's a call of messiah now what is this we want messiah to come down open up the heavens tear the heavens open you come down meaning send the messiah before you and what's going to be the outcome notice where it says and the mountains they are going to shake now if you know prophecy yes we're studying prophecy but if you know it where well in the book of haggai especially in chapter 2 it talks about the the 
mountains shaking. It speaks about the earth being changed and transformed. And that is mountains represent authority. And the authorities of this world are going to be shaken. Those that were powerful, and you can think about the the powerful nations in the world, these coalitions that will be formed, and some are being formed even as we speak. These coalitions, these places of authority, government rulings, empires, are going to be shaken when Messiah comes. And he is going to bring about a change. What is that change? That redemptive change. He is going to cause Israel to repent, Israel to look to him and his promises in faithfulness in order that the enemies will be destroyed. Israel, through faith, will be delivered. And the outcome of that is a kingdom establishment. That's what Isaiah has been emphasizing for many chapters. And we'll see this will continue in the chapters to come. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.